Welcome to the cable show. Cable. Hello. We're Hello. live. Hey, Caroline. We're yep, live. Caroline, okay. Jordan, uh, comic, famous comic from L.A., famous open micer, and Jordan <laughs> Weir, another famous open micer. Famous and Ryan, the cable viewer. viewer. Ryan, cable viewer, a uh, open micer, not yet famous. Yeah, I'm just sort of average, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think you're both great. I think Ryan's kind of like a comedy mascot to me, more than that, more than a comic. He's sort of more like, than a, more than a what? More than a comic. Oh, You're a mascot. Comedy, comedy mascot. Like, I don't know you, if I like you represent that, you represent comedy more than you are comedy. You know. Uh yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to have a Netflix. You still think I can have a Netflix special though, right? Yes. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. Are you going to have one, Caroline? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. Jordan, you're definitely not. I'm you just might, doing comedy and I marry a rich guy. That's what I'm doing. Same here, baby. Yeah. Jordan tried out to be the – he tried out to be Walker, Texas Rangers' gay brother, but he, he didn't pass the audition. I really did. Oh. Didn't work you out. You Walker, Texas Rangers gay son, I think. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, yeah. We just need to wait for that role to open up. I know. Well, this you know, the thing is, is that I think watching Chuck Norris have to deal with his son's sexuality would be yeah. like a really great story. You know what I mean? I would totally watch that. So I could be... I, I could be like, I'm the Texas Ranger that wants a gun in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because your son's gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Wait. The thing you auditioned for wasn't with Chuck Norris, was it? It was like a reboot with Young Walker. Yeah, it's a reboot with the dude from Supernatural, Jared Galecki, Jared something like that. Jared Orville from somewhere. Galecki. Something from Supernatural. Yeah. So, uh... Yay. Caroline, have you been getting yes. the mics lately? Um, yeah, I have been. I've been going to speakeasies. Sneak That's badass. I've been seeing you. Yeah, I've been huh? seeing you on the, on the stories. I see the stories. I yeah, it's talking, been fun. Talking shit. I keep it's calling like, the cops on you guys. No, it's like apocalypse open mics. And so they're wild. They're yeah, like, they're it's like the wild west of open mics. I saw a, a, a video of Fonto and he said, whoever called the cops on us, I'm gonna sh- I hope their family gets shot in the face. I thought that was a little <laughs> bit uh, overboard. Yeah, he told, the cops he, on us. he told me he wants to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really get it because, like, comedy isn't back yet. I mean, it's like it's like a parking lot. You're doing it for the love of it, because you love it. Yeah, I'm going to start doing it when I move back. Um, we have a neighbor here who uh, my dad was just talking to, a guy who lives down the street. He's a ER nurse, and he, he just had to retire because he went to New Jersey to work for, like, a couple months. He's been an ER nurse for, like, he's, like, in his 60s, and he saw a bunch of people die, like, doctors die, and then a bunch of, like, there's dead people everywhere. So he decided to retire because that was too much for him. Uh-huh. So, 
so yeah, the COVID is real because it could kill you. So like that's why I'm like kind of like no, it can't kill us. I okay, like I'm just gonna say it. COVID is a fucking scam. It's all bullshit. It's been debunked. We need to get back to work. And (laughs) I I have to speak my truth. So I have to speak my truth. So do you think this guy, this guy, this neighbor who's an ER nurse, um, uh, who went to New Jersey, was making these stories up and everything was just fine there? Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? You might be right. I might be wrong. What about what? Michael Clayton? Okay, let's start. Let's talk, okay, let's so, talk about Michael Clayton. All right, but I want to establish the ground rules. I want this to be a fair debate. If it's not a fair debate, then <laughs> That's the thing. Caroline, what? It has to be an equal argument. We have to have the same ch- chances to present our arguments as each other, and so it's two against one. You guys are, like, double-teaming me on this. You know what well, I mean? Well, actually, not really, because I didn't like it, and Jordan liked the movie. I liked the movie a lot. Well, you didn't like it as much as There Will Be Blood. So, well, yeah. Yeah, well, but, I, I didn't like it at all, in fact, and I couldn't get through <laughs> Well, you know, well, you had... Ryan, I'm sorry, but, like, you were, I mean, I don't know. It's just, like, you like, you don't want to feel like you're cheating on your wife. You know what I mean? And, like, their oh. blood is like your wife. You know what I mean? So it's, like, of course you're going to lie to your wife and say you weren't looking at the other woman. Well, you actually were. So I'm going to call you on your you, bullshit. Uh, Michael Clayton is great. You wanna, and you uh, actually liked it, Ryan. You I, liked I, it. Okay, I saw some of it. But, listen, I saw, like, the first half, and I couldn't. I had shit to do. But. <laughs> um, okay, well, then. There will be well, then I have an advantage there, Ryan, because I have an advantage there. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what? what? The thing about Michael well, Clayton Jordan... and There Will Be Blood is that they actually have very similar themes. Very similar themes. Okay. And so I have an advantage okay over you, with... Ryan. You shouldn't watch Michael Clayton, Ryan. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you okay. why. You should have watched it because Michael Clayton and There Will Be Blood have a very similar themes. Very similar themes. And... You they were both nominated for Best Actor, 2007, right? Yes. And Daniel um, Day-Lewis won because he's the greatest actor of all time. Um, you know what? Nope. I mean, I think. Wait, I don't know. Jordan I disagrees. Think... Oh, I said goat. Oh, goat. Like, okay. Thing, like, I thought. Well, like, who's a better baseball player? Who's a better baseball player? Uh, Derek Jeter or Babe Ruth? You know what I mean? Who's like, Derek. So, like. If we're comparing it to that, George Clooney is like Derek Jeter, right? No, Derek Bay Lewis isn't Babe Ruth. If you want to talk Babe Ruth, you're thinking like, uh, I don't know. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. No, I'm I'm comparing them to baseball players, guys. It's called a metaphor. I know. Okay, I'll I'll give you this. Let me finish. Let me finish my statement. You have to let me finish. I love it. Ryan, Ryan, you have to let me finish my thought before we George Clooney is Dennis Rodman and um and Daniel Day Lewis and Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, that's okay, I'm gonna no, this is I compare it to Babe Ruth and Derek Jeter. Who's the better baseball player? Here's the thing. Babe Ruth was a better hitter. He hit okay. more balls than Derek Jeter, right? But Derek Jeter catches more balls and was a better catcher and was a better pe- person to stop players from reaching the goal, you know, right? So yeah. I think that Daniel Day Lewis and George Clooney are equal talent, but in different ways. They have and George skills. Clooney. George Clooney, I would say, is like a Tim Tim Tebow type when he went to try to play baseball. 
Well, <laughs> okay. So let's. Okay. Well. Okay. I like George Clooney. Ryan, I'm gonna let you guys go first. Good. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. Um, I think he's a great actor. Of course, he's been in a lot of Academy Award nominated roles. He's been in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Those are probably my favorites. Burn after reading, yeah. Uh, Oh, he's an Oscar darling for sure. He's a guy. So is Daniel Day Lewis. So is Daniel Day Lewis. So that on an even playing field. They're on an even playing field. Okay. I say they're both equally talented, but in different ways. Can you give me a, an, an example of a movie that George Clooney was in where he didn't have a George Clooney accent? It's not about that. Accents. Who, who the fuck cares about accents? And well, it's, sorry, it's, it's called versatility. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis has played Americans. He's played Irish people. He is. I think he is. He's English, but he's played Irish people. He's played people from the 1600s. He's played Abraham Lincoln. He had a great Lincoln accent, you know. Well, still, that's all show. That is all show. That is all exterior. Okay, but do you like There Will Be Blood? um, Okay, here's my thing with There Will Be Blood, is that um, the thing is, I I, I feel like they they try and paint depth, but like with, like, because the thing is, like, the way the plot is structured in that sort of thing and the way Daniel J. Lewis acts during the plot, like, the, during the plot changes, at the end of the movie, you're confused. You're not, I mean, I was confused. You know, like, I was, who is this guy? You don't, I, I don't think you learn enough about the character to really get a sense mm. of who this person is. Mm. When it's sort of like, you get that he's eccentric. So Daniel J. Lewis, and I did very research, Ryan, I did my research, Daniel Day-Lewis based his character in There Will Be Blood off of John Huston, who was like this... Yeah, the oil tycoon. Well, no, he he basically, like, Daniel Day-Lewis discovered, the reason why he chose to play this character so eccentrically was because he researched oil tycoons from, like, that time period, and they were all really eccentric people. They were all crazy. Oil tycoons were like... Did you say John Huston? John Houston, the movie director and actor. Yeah, he's Angelica Houston's father. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. And he was like a notorious son of a bitch too. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He's got like a cigar. He does. He looks like a royal guy. Yeah. So basically, I don't think Daniel Day Lewis was really acting. I think he was impersonating, which isn't acting. That's not bringing you to the table. That's that, that requires. Acting that requires conveying a message through their performance. Because uh, if you're watching this movie and you're still confused about the character as much as I was, then I think he fails as an actor. You know, I think well, he I don't know, that role. what are you confused I about? John, I don't know if John Houston was like going around killing people and discovering oil. <laughs> he might have faced the character. No, he impersonated the his cadence and his demeanor and his accent off of John Houston. Well, if that's the case, I'm kind of more impressed by him, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> Why? He's impersonating no John, Houston. John Houston. He's an impressionist. He's not an actor. He's not acting. No, He's no, no, well, when you act, when you act, do anything you can and anything you want to that informs your performance. You know? But yeah. he doesn't inform anything. Like, you're still confused. Okay, so here's some questions I have about, about Daniel Day-Lewis's character that you have to be honest. Did you get any, like, from watching the movie once, 
would you be able to answer these questions for me by just watching the movie once? Because oh, I had to watch There Will Be Blood twice, guys, twice. I saw it once in theaters, and then I watched it twice just to get a full grasp of, like, of everything. This is the information that I have. Nice. I've watched it about nine times. Yeah. I'm up there with ten times. Nice. Okay. So the first question I had, the first thing that I thought was really confusing is what was Daniel Day Lewis's? What's his name in the movie? Daniel, uh, Daniel Plainview. Plainview. Oh, okay, so Daniel Plainview. The, by the end of the movie, like, you're confused. What was his relationship to his son? What was his identity as a paternal figure? You know what I mean? Who the fuck well, was that? You know? Who was he as a father? He's a bastard from huh? the basket. His father died. Like, he, he was he was working with the, the, the son's real father. And he got stuck in the oil oil well when they were digging for oil back in the day before he became rich. And he took he took in the kid and raised him as his own. But more importantly, yeah, I know that's from the plot. That's from the plot, not that. the performance. That is from no, the no. plot, not the performance. I have the answer, you fuckers. What? The reason he took in the kid and adopted him and said he was his own is because it helped his business and it was real easy for him to use business. As he was like, oh, I've got this family business with the kid. But yeah, no, not necessarily. Not spot. necessarily. See, but, but I, wait, but I could see that. I could totally see that. That's but at the same time, time, if you look up the plot online, the movie, that's what the synopsis even breaks down. He even says it in the movie, right? It's written into, it, yeah. Song. No, 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 no. Yeah, when he's yelling at his deaf son at the end of the movie, he tells him that he was just using him like to, to sell oil. Okay, so the director of the movie, Paul Thomas Anderson, correct? I okay, he wrote the script as well. He wrote the script as well. I just realized in Paul Thomas Anderson movie, like, everybody kind of dies at the end. Like, a lot of the characters die at the end. Okay. Well, anyways, let me continue. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay. So, at the end, so Paul Thomas Anderson based the mood and the characters off of Dracula, right? I didn't know that. So, That's pretty cool. So there will That's be pretty blood cool, though. Is, there will be blood is an American Gothic. That's the genre, and yeah. in that sense, I think it's successful. I definitely can see it's very a dark film. It's a very dark film. There's very little color, and it's you know what I mean. So I think it does work that way. But still, that's motif. That's you know mood. That's not performance. So there was great performances in that movie. So uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Paul Dano, as the preacher guy, he was amazing in it. So was Daniel Day-Lewis. They played such Paul, a weasel. I think okay, Paul well, let me, let me continue, boys. Let me continue. Let me continue. Let me finish my thought. Ryan, Ryan, you need to let me finish my thought. Okay. Well, you, okay, I'm you're continuing. Dracula, correct? Dracula. which is very controversial. Boys, I did so much fucking research on this. I have my arguments prepared. You guys have to stop jumping down my throat. It's two against one, and I have some arguments, and I have some questions. Hell yeah, I like it. All okay. right. Dracula, correct? There Will Be Blood was based on Dracula. So correct. Daniel Playview is obviously Dracula. The priest guy played by Paul Dano was Van Helsing, and um, his son was Mia, right? The girl that Dracula falls in love with and connects back to his humanity for, Right. So the Whoa. son is actually he is his connection back to humanity, right? Because he hooked up with the chick, huh? 
because his son dates the daughter and and she's related to the religious guy. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I follow. So, so family, Daniel Day Lewis family is very uh, anti-religious. He's like right, right. Yeah. Okay, so the family shit, right? Is the family shit like family is a huge theme in their Willie Blood? Right. So and so basically, like, because every person that Daniel Plainview kills is somehow connected to his family, right? The guy telling him that he's his brother and that sort of thing. And then the, and then the Paul Dano, when he kills him, he's actually like his, is it, what, what is he? Like his brother-in-law, not his brother-in-law. Like, what is he? Yes. Something like that. He's yeah. related by marriage. He's related yeah. by yeah. marriage. Yeah. yeah Cause his yeah. sister, cause his right. son marries his younger sister. You're right. Right. Totally. So basically, when when Daniel Dang. Plainview kills Paul Dano, so he's, he's a son-in-law. Is it a son-in-law? Um, I don't know. He's the old. He's the older brother of the girl that his son marries, right? Yeah. I don't so know they're they're related so somehow. I don't know what it is. That's correct. The way you said it, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, so family is a huge theme, and so Daniel Plainview, at some point in the movie, he says that he had big dreams. He, no, he said it like this. He said, I had a strong desire to be a family man. So he wanted a wife and he wanted children. But then, and he built a house to basically have a, have a wife and have children. And before he started digging for oil, he burnt the house down. So he was done with the ideas of family. Wait, what? He was over it. I don't remember this happening. It was in the movie. It was when he was talking to his brother on the beach. Right, I remember that. Okay, so Daniel Plainview actually, so he expressed that being a father and being a paternal person, he, he had that when he, when he was a human, before he was an oil tycoon, when he still was a human being, you know, he, was, he wanted to be a family man. And then so basically his only connection to humanity was his love for his adopted son. He did love his adopted son. He did. And it took me watching that movie three times to get that. Three yeah. times to get that from his performance. Wow, and bro, it was no. aided. He sent his son was, to, like, the best school in America for deaf kids at the time. Uh, and that's because his son burnt down the, the cabin. Why did his son burn down the cabin? Because I'm, like, uh, I forgot. I haven't seen it. His like, son, yeah. because he didn't like, he, 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 the son knew that the, that the brother, what, the brother. The brother was, the brother was, the brother was like, his real brother. Yeah, that's what I thought. So his son knew. His son sensed it, and so he, so basically, his his son was a good judge of character. And so at the end of the movie, when Daniel Plainview says that he's not really his father, his response was good. You know what I mean? I'm glad. Thank God. You know, I'm not your son. So yeah. it's like. So, anyways, but the thing is, I feel like Daniel Plainview's character arc were were depicted through plot points as opposed to his performance because it was so confusing. No, his performance was amazing. I, I feel the opposite. I feel Michael Clayton. I was confused by Michael Clayton. Somebody else told me they watched it and they, they couldn't understand it. Wow. I uh, well, felt like both were very similar characters in terms of they were both about guys who like were totally dedicated to what they do. And by the yeah. end of the movie, it was about them coming to grasp with why the fuck, what, like, what was their whole life? 
But still, I think George Clooney had a stronger arc, whereas Daniel Lewis or uh, Daniel Plainview, his arc was just a descent. So he was just falling downstairs, you know what I mean, for his performance. He was just getting lower and lower to the ground, while as George Clooney, his character had a redemption arc, which I think is harder to perform and harder to convey. And George Clooney did the character arc without saying a fucking word, which is How really many impressive. Oscars, can I ask a question? How many Oscars does George Clooney have? Um, he won for Siriana. Yeah, for the better one. The following year. The following year he like won it. Best Actor. And Siriana wasn't even very good, and he was much better than Michael Clayton. So that that the, the Oscar that he won the following year was basically an IOU or a body of work Oscar. My favorite you know? role that George Clooney ever did was in South Park: Bigger, Longer, Uncut, when he plays the doctor and he puts a potato in Kenny's heart instead of a. <laughs> ER. That's the yeah. thing. I Ryan, you said George Clooney doesn't have any range. Can Daniel Day Lewis be in a comedy? Can Daniel Day Lewis be funny? He, he, he does not have in, range in comedy. He, was he can't funny be funny. In there will be blood, and he was funny in Kings of New York. Yeah. Um, he was a centric. And his character was he sort was of a funny centric. in the movie uh, In the Name of the Father. Remember we watched that, Jordan? Uh, oh, yeah. That was a great movie. It's, it's uh, about Here, the Irish. He, no, I don't think. Comedy. He has charm, not timing. He has charm, not timing. Well, so, he's not a comic. He's not a comedic actor. And neither is George Clooney. And to be honest with you, George Clooney is hilarious. George Clooney, George Clooney, in the comedies he's been in, he is hilarious. He has great timing. He has great delivery. He is a great comedic actor, and he's great as a dramatic actor. He has range throughout two different genres of film. Whereas Daniel Day Lewis has range in one. He can do dramas and he can be charming, but he can't be funny. I don't know if I've ever seen George Clooney. He can be in dramas and he can be he can be charming. I mean, George Clooney is noted for his charm. Like George Clooney is like the most charming actor out there in his personality. And the fact that George Clooney, who he is as a person, a person who has like basically had this very charmed life and is an extremely charming person, to play a defeated person like Michael Clayton. To just play a broken and defeated person in Michael Clayton is actually very a, a, a tough departure for him. He was leaving himself behind to play that part. Okay, let me tell you a little something about uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> has been nominated six times for Academy Awards, and he's won three Academy Awards. Uh, for, so, like, so foot, that's like, not what we're debating, Ryan. We're debating who had the better performance, Michael Clayton or Daniel Playview. Who was the better character? Who was the more fleshed out character? Oh, I thought more... we were all also arguing who is the better actor. No, that's not what we're arguing. You, you, we're arguing... You, you think George Clooney is the better actor, though, in general? Right? No, I think that they're talented. I think they're equally talented, and they have equal ability, but in different ways. Yeah. I got you. I think that's true for sure. So, yeah, uh... George Clooney is like, um, he's like, uh, like Tim Tebow. And then, uh, you know, or like in baseball, right? He's <laughs> like Dennis Rodman, George Clooney, Dennis Rodman, and then Michael Jordan, right? Okay, okay. I think that's a little ridiculous. Here, here's what I, I want to say about this. Now, yeah. uh-huh. I enjoy both of them a lot. Now, I, okay. I, 
I enjoy, especially because, dude, I used to uh, videotape depositions for lawyers, so I sat in on a lot of fucking boring-ass cases, so the guy that goes insane in that movie, I can, like, I totally get where that lawyer comes from, because, dude, I've met so many lawyers that would say openly how they, like, regret their lives and what they're doing, <laughs> and how... Absolutely. So yes, yeah, so they have to defend the worst people. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so number one... I just found that to be very interesting. And, you know, it's like, you look at, that's what uh, George Clooney did. And what, uh, was, who was what the Dan guy that played the guy? Did. I did watch some of it. And who was the guy that played the crazy guy that was, like, naked and stuff? I don't know his I name, forget. but he's also in Christopher but, Nolan's uh, Dark Knight trilogy. He plays the fucking crime boss guy. Uh, he's yeah. a great actor. He's a great actor, and he's a thespian. So he has, like, a career on stage that's equal to his career on film. So he's, like, an insanely good actor, and that was known as his best performance Caroline. in film to date. And I think he did – George Clooney did just as good a job conveying his character as that guy did. Now, now, now here's, here's what it comes down to for me in this shit. I think they're both great in what they do. I think they're both entertaining. I yes. just think Daniel Day-Lewis could have been in Michael Clayton, but I don't no. think that – hold on, hold on. But I don't okay. think that George Clooney could have been in There Will Be Blood. Do you think he could have been in There Will Be Blood? I think that if Daniel Day-Lewis played Michael Clayton – no, I think Michael Clayton was perfect casting. I think Michael Clayton was perfect casting. I think he's great. I thought, I thought George Clooney – conveyed Michael Clayton perfectly. It was a role he was born to play, and I thought that he was perfect. He was just too perfect for Michael Clayton that Daniel Day-Lewis wouldn't have fit. Okay. Okay. I won't totally argue with that, because I I do think he was great in the role, you know? Yeah. I just think Daniel Day-Lewis would have been very serviceable in it, and I think if George Clooney was in There Will Be Blood, I've never seen him ever try one of those roles where he tried to change his voice a little, or even, I've never even seen George Clooney fucking cry, ever. Yeah, you know I'm wrong. I can't think of any time he ever did. Well, he's never needed to. Well, I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't serve the character, then why would he? Right. You're right, you're maybe right. You go, maybe it does serve the character, but he's not able to convey that emotion or something. I don't know. Okay, now, if we're talking yeah, about for, conveying emotion. Yeah, if we're talking yeah. about conveying emotion, what was so impressive as George, with George Clooney as Michael Clayton, what was so impressive is that he performed. He performed an arc, Ryan. Wait, he performed. Me, me. Ryan, Ryan, listen. Say okay, go ahead. And then I have another Ryan. Point. Okay, go. All right. Okay, George Clooney conveyed an entire character arc. He, his character changed as a person. In that scene in the beginning, that was that that scene in the beginning oh, yeah. when you looked at the it horses. Did. It did. Yeah. He did. conveyed a total change of of character without saying a damn word. You're That's right, and it is with his face. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I didn't okay. see this part. Okay. So religion, actually, religion is a huge theme, and there will be blood. And sure. also, so but with in, in total subtlety, in total subtlety, like Michael Clayton is probably one of the most Christian films ever made. But you wouldn't tell. You wouldn't be able to tell. How so? Okay. So basically, in the beginning of the movie, um, we learn when they're they're talking about Michael Clayton and those like spy people or stuff are doing their research on Michael Clayton and they're doing a background check on him. Yeah. Michael Clayton 
graduated college at a, at a Catholic college. He went to a religious college. He went to a college where basically it was required that you go to mass every week, you know? So okay. Michael Clayton was actually a re religious person. Before, he, like, but then we started, but he had a corrupt job. He had a dirty job. Like, he was a, he, like, he was a mafia don, you know? He was, the, like, he was the, the janitor for this huge law firm that were representing, like, horrible people, you know, horrible companies, horrible men. And Michael Clayton's job was to deal with these people when they fucked up. Right. So, basically, Michael Clayton changed as a person. He became a corrupt person. But Michael Clayton was also, like, you, you sensed humanity in him because he loved his son, right? You can tell, even though he was, like, divorced from the, the mother of his son, and it's like his son had a new family, he would still right. pick his son up from school every day and drive him to school. Yeah. There is some humanity so, in Daniel Clayton View, but the, you don't really need to, you know, to sense humanity in a character for it to be a great, to be a great performance. I get the humanity it, of Daniel Clayview. I get the total humanity myself. Yeah, I get it too. I'm just saying he's a total fucking prick. That's why I love him. I mean, I just look at that. That guy was playing something from the 1800s, and you think about what a guy was like back then. Is he wasn't going to be Mr. Charming, half rom com George Clooney? Hell no. Yeah. Here's the deal. No, I don't I think Michael, you. no, I don't think, no, 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 actually, here's an argument I'll make for George Clooney and Michael Clayton. This is George Clooney. George Clooney is really good friends with uh, Jennifer Eel. He's very good friends with her. They've worked with each other a couple of times, and they're friends, right? So Jennifer Eel was originally in Michael Clayton, and she played Michael Clayton's girlfriend. Okay? Okay. And then George Clooney, who was very, so anyways, I will give this, I'm going to give one point to their Willie Blood over Michael Clayton, okay? I'm going to give you guys yeah. this one thing. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So let me, All right. just, let, me, let me just make a point here about CDL and George Clooney. Okay, George Clooney is this guy who has the greatest life. He's worth $500 million. He's uh, always been, like, the sexiest guy around or the people's yeah. And so all these women want to fuck him. And so he was single most of his life. Now he's married to, like, a hot lawyer. So he's always, he, like, hangs out with, like, Brad Pitt and all all these people and just drinks and parties and has a good time. Right. It's a great life. Daniel Day-Lewis is a tortured soul. He's married to this old lady that's not that attractive. Um, no, he's married. He's married to Arthur Miller's daughter. So oh, okay. she's, yeah. So she's. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking of uh, maybe I'm thinking of the other guy, other Australian guy. I don't know. Daniel Day Lewis. I don't. Maybe his wife is attractive. I can't remember. No. Maybe here's the thing. If, if we're talking about celebrity, if we're talking about if we're talking about celebrity, he goes into the character for years. He he method acts these characters. He he spends his whole life working on his craft. George Clooney is up on set, and he's George Clooney. He's great. You know, but. Okay, so I have some things I want to talk about then. I want to talk about, I'm going to compare and contrast Daniel Lewis's persona, his, like, celebrity persona to George Clooney's and why this actually, okay, so I'm going to give you guys one thing. There Will Be Blood had less edits. As a bunch of Daniel Lewis acted the longest. He would carry a scene the longest, okay? I'll give you guys okay. that one. Okay. So Michael That's Clayton was actually a very heavily edited film. 
So basically, like, so George Clooney probably didn't have a long distance. As far as acting long distance, I'd give it to I'd give it to Daniel Lee Lewis. Yeah. But I but at the same time, George Clooney was very involved in editing the film. So he was the one choosing his tapes, basically, for the film. So Daniel, so George Clooney essentially, like he, like helped edit the film to get the best performance put on screen, which I think is very impressive and very involved. Yeah. And then, so when they were editing the film, it, they edited the original edit had Jennifer Eel play George Clooney's girlfriend in the film. I don't know who she is. Um, she she's she's I'll a British actress. She's a British actress. Did she go to Burt's? Jennifer Eel? Yeah. No, I don't think she goes to Burt's. Okay. No, Jordan, Jennifer Eel does not go to Burt's back room. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, does, on. does DDL go to Burt's? Because I'll go to Burt's right now. DDL's there. Okay, anyway. <laughs> okay, so when George Clooney yeah, was speakeasy. editing the film, was helping, assisting the editor in editing the film and finding the best takes, he thought it didn't serve his character in the film to have a girlfriend. Okay. Uh, I totally agree because so, that's how I live my life, baby. Am I right? Hell yeah. So anyways, I'm, I'm your George Clooney, I think because he was so involved in, his, in the editing process and because he made, uh, he made a choice to have his friend edited out of the film and to not be in the film, which I think that, like, that's, that's a strong choice. That takes conviction. That, like George Clooney had to call Jennifer Eel and say, sorry, hon, you're out of the movie. Thanks for working on it. You know what I mean? You think that's good? Um, I think that was a, probably a tough choice and probably a hard thing to do, but I think it was the right choice because I don't think that because basically George Clooney's reasoning for that was he didn't want there to be too much of an anchor for his character. Okay. So he wanted the son to be the anchor. Uh, yeah, so I his, guess I, I agree. I like the movie as is. It's hard for me to see it being different. Exactly. But some would also say that maybe he's kind of a dick for doing that. <laughs> well, no, no, you know what? I think if you're talking about suffering for your art, yeah. I, think, I think, and you're, you're making sacrifices for your art, having to tell your longtime friend that he ha- she's out of the movie is probably a hard thing to do, you know? Right. So now, I now feel- here, here's something I'll say about him editing it, because I think that that's really fascinating. Now, um, I think, in one sense, it's almost more impressive to be purely an actor just to, like, lay it all out there, and you you act so good that whatever they put together is probably going to be good. Whereas Clooney's going in, and he's doing a bunch of different shit, doing a bunch of different takes, he's going in and choosing what's best, which I can't not, because, dude, I I make my own shit, and I do that, too. I I do that exact same thing. I'm more like that. But maybe that's because I'm a shitty actor. Uh but I kind of look at that being very impressive from Daniel Day-Lewis and definitely Paul Thomas Anderson. That's his stick. He, he's long take, you know? Yeah. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. He's one of the greatest directors of all time. He always has the camera moving. It's always a long push-in, a long pull-out. It's always a lot of Carol, have you seen Magnolia or uh, Boogie Nights? Those are both great movies. Um, Magnolia freaked me out. I started watching it when I took a, an edible, and I got freaked out, and I stopped watching it, and I'm kind of traumatized. <laughs> Did you get to the part <laughs> with the raining frogs? Um, that's at the end of the movie, correct? That's yeah. At the end, yeah. 
No, I didn't get that far. I got to, like, the opening scene where, like, the woman shot her son out the window, and then I was like, ah, and then I turned it off. Okay, so great you, need to, <laughs> you need to watch it again <laughs> if you just watch the first five minutes. Well, no, I really loved Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is actually one of the movies that inspired me to become a comedian. Yeah. I actually think that I like Magnolia better than There Will Be Blood in Georgia. They're so good. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. I think they're equally good. But I do like Magnolia a lot. Well, we're not talking about Magnolia. Yes. We're not talking about Magnolia. Okay, back to the debate. Uh, did anybody see Phantom Thread? Jordan, did you see Phantom Thread? We're talking about DDL. Yes, I did. Is it good? I need to watch should I watch it? Would I like but you didn't see it? It's very good. If I didn't like Michael Clayton, I don't know if I'll like Phantom Thread because they look similar and like they're kind of you know not a lot of action guys we're not talking about directors we're not talking about other movies we're debating I like this I like this energy Caroline we need you on more often I'm always trying to keep this motherfucker on track the the director to make sure we're on track I like it she should be our our coach on the sidelines sure I'll produce your guys' podcast for fun fuck yeah Yeah, because we get we get really distracted. Sometimes we'll go on off on something that has nothing to do with movies for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, Dude, you guys have- and Michael Clayton when he there, there's that part where George Clooney he's playing poker, and uh, yeah, I just envisioned that he just jumped off the set of Ocean's Eleven and jumps in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Why? Because he looks the same, and he's dressed exactly the same, and he sounds and looks the same, and he's like, <laughs> and actually, Ocean so what does that came out that what same does that matter? year. He, no, it does He's emoting something different in both movies. Why does I it matter? Why it matters because it's super we're entertaining, and I love it. We're not talking Ooh. about impersonating different characters, like different mannerisms. No, I'm telling. I'm telling you that I love it. How dare you disagree with me? I am overjoyed by the fact that I don't that care I that you it. love it or that you hate it. I think that you're wrong. Well, I respect I respect that, and I'm gonna keep loving it. Danny Ocean to the max. Danny Ocean was a larger than life character. I like so, Danny Ocean and Oprah. And so I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna make an argument for this over George Clooney over Daniel Day Lewis. I think George Clooney. Like, as far as ensembles go, as far as leading an ensemble, as far as being the star of an ensemble film, I think George Clooney is king at that. And I think that Daniel mm-hmm. Lewis could not direct, like, could not hold his own in an ensemble movie like Ocean's Eleven. Inter- okay. I, well, I'm not, I've never seen him in one of those movies, so you got to always. Well, I think he could hold his own in an ensemble, but he hasn't been in many. I would say the closest George, thing is, like Daniel Day Lewis. If you're saying is, uh, Daniel Day Lewis could never Gangs be in Orson's Eleven, I think Gangs he could. He never has right? though, so he needs to prove it. But I think he. Could. I don't think he has Jordan. the charm, the charm of George Clooney to play a like the character that he played to play Danny Ocean. I don't right. think he could. And Gangs yeah, of New York yeah. is kind of an ensemble movie where he plays both butchers. I know, but, but he's no. never been. Danny Day-Lewis has never been in one of those just chill movies, which you can say what you want about, but there's still a type of acting that facilitates that type of movie. Like a movie like Magnolia that has lots of complex characters. Yeah, like like he's only in those types of movies. He's never going to be in some 
like you know, rom-com he's shit. Movies where, well, he is a is always in the in the scene. He's like the always the lead actor. Totally. Okay, boys, I'm gonna have to say something because I just it's just kind of in my mind, and I wanted to say this earlier, so I want to say this now. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. okay. You have to listen. Okay, boys. Okay. Uh, George Clooney and Michael Clayton. Damn it! What was I gonna say? Fuck. Why is he talking over me? I forget what I'm gonna fucking say. Yeah, that's Ryan, doggy. I'm not what talking. Were we talking about, what were we talking about just now? Earlier, what, so that I can get like I need to re- retrace my steps. Ensemble we're talking about Ocean, how he plays Danny Ocean and in, in uh. Oh like, right. Okay. We're okay. So I'm gonna talk about Daniel Day Lewis's celebrity persona and compare it to George Clooney's celebrity persona. So Daniel Day Lewis is an extremely private person, and when he's you know when and he's actually like he's very like timid when you when you see him in interviews and when you see him on the red carpet he's actually like very timid and he's soft spoken yeah. and he doesn't like emote much emotion you know Adam Driver is like that too and uh, sure yeah. sure 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 they're private people they're very private people yeah so Daniel Day Lewis you don't know who he is so he doesn't really have to like hide who he is to play somebody else. And so George Clooney, when I saw him in Michael Clayton, I didn't see Danny Ocean. I didn't see George Clooney. I saw Michael Clayton. I saw a broken, defeated man who hated his job, hated his life, and, you know, but loved his son. And that was who he was. He played that perfectly. So George Clooney, who is, I'm sorry, like probably like the happiest person alive, you know, <laughs> yeah. for him – for him to be able to leave that behind, to completely abandon that, and to, uh, to emote that the, the character through his like through his performance so strongly that you w- forgot all about who George Clooney is, you brought, forgot all about the celebrity of George Clooney, and you only saw Michael Clayton. When Daniel Day Lewis didn't have to do that, Daniel Day Lewis never had to do that. Daniel well, what about when he plays uh, Abraham Lincoln in the movie Lincoln? You, you think you're watching Lincoln? You don't think you're watching EDL? I know, but at the same time, who the fuck is Daniel Lee Lewis? So you know, he knows who he is. You ever that seen him on the Charlie Rosen show? It means he's a private person. No, 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 no. You, you got to watch him YouTube on the Charlie Rosen show. He's got like earrings in and a weird hat, and his is like he looks kind of Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Rosen or whatever. The, the, the old guy that was too touchy. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. From PBS. Yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> Well, I mean, so Daniel Day-Lewis is like Joe Rogan's white whale. Like, Joe Rogan has been trying to get Daniel Day-Lewis onto the podcast for, like, years and years. Joe and Rogan. Daniel Day-Lewis has never wanted to do it. Well, Joe, Daniel Day-Lewis hides himself. Yeah. I don't think DDL would, would, uh, would, would lower himself to go into Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> He's got that Spotify money now, baby. Yeah. I think I, Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't, barely does interviews, like, if he does an interview, I know, but like it I makes sense that he would do like, some uh, bullshit NPR interview, some boring ass NPR PBS, interview. PBS. Over Charlie Rose, PBS. Whatever. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, because he's he's weird. He's private. He doesn't do interviews. So why would he go on Joe Rogan? I know I exactly to, because he's hiding himself. On, he doesn't want his characters to come I want him to over see. a celebrity. Well, he reti- he's retired now, so maybe he'll go do more stuff like that. I like to see him on Howard Stern. I love Howard Stern. He's- Howard Stern is known as like the best interviewer alive, and uh, I think he would be that would be he'd be great on that. 
that would be great to watch. Yeah, I always ask people about how much money they make and who they're banging. Yeah, those are the most important questions. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. I don't think that's going to happen. He's not going to go on Howard? No. What about George? George Clooney would. George Clooney's cool. I think he's already been on Howard Stern at least once a long time ago. You know, I could see it. George Clooney is a very social person. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, though. He, he probably plays ping pong with beer uh, pong with Jimmy Fallon. Could you sure. imagine DDL playing beer pong with Jimmy Fallon? That would be so great. I mean, it would be sad to watch him lower himself to do that, but it would be funny. Why would that be lowering yourself? You're having but fun. DDL. He's the Loosen king. up, baby. He does need to loosen up, though. I think you guys are making a good point right now. Caroline, have you ever seen a movie called The Ides of March? The Ides of March? And that was a George Clooney movie, right? That is George Clooney. Um, No, I haven't, actually. Is that good? It's it's very good. It's George Clooney and Ryan Gosling. Oh. And he plays in many ways in the way he emotes without words and just using his face and a big change. You see that out of Clooney in that movie. He plays a politician. It's very good. Very good. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I hope I'm right about that. Is he? Yeah, he is, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I remember the trailers for that movie. That's a pretty good movie. It's a good Clooney movie. I don't like political films, though. I I think that's why I didn't watch it. I don't like movies that are political. You know, I don't either. I'm not, like, big on that side, but it's interesting enough. And it's even done in kind of the tone. It reminds me of Michael Clayton in a lot of ways, actually. Okay. Um, So what were we going to talk about? What was it? Okay, so Daniel Day-Lewis. And I keep forgetting what I'm going to fucking say. Um, Do you like the crucible? Oh, the religious. The reli- that's right. The religious themes of the film. So basically. Uh-huh. That's a different so, <laughs> so in There Will Be Blood, the themes of religion are very, like, are very strong, right? Like, they're very pushed in your face. This is a very atheist film. You know, that has a really, like, strong – it makes a strong decision of its opinion of religion, you know? So oh, – yeah. but so basically, like, so it tries. You know what I mean? It puts it out there. So – but – and so in Michael Clayton, I would argue it is one of the most Christian films ever made, and George Clooney is an atheist. George Clooney – like, who knows what Michael – what Daniel Day-Lewis is, if he's an atheist or if he's religious or what. But <clears> – <throat> In Michael Clayton, George Clooney is an atheist actor, and he played spirituality. He played a spiritual character arc perfectly without saying a word. Oh, interesting point there. Very interesting. Very interesting. I didn't know he was an atheist. Too bad he's going to hell. (laughs) I know. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to God, and I'll make sure George Clooney gets in. I don't think George Clooney is hurting. I, I think, think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's always dated up, supermodels, right? He's going to bring enough food into heaven that he'll get in. No, George Clooney, actually, no, George Clooney has dated a, a, a variety of people. Like, he's dated, like, celebrities, but he's also, like, dated, he's dated a lot of normal women. They're all young and hot, though, right? No, they're not really. Ooh, he's got some uggos. I can respect that in a man. No, I mean, well, I, the woman he was dating um, during when he made Michael Clayton, she was like, I, I don't know, like a therapist or something. He's dating a lawyer now. Yeah, he's, he's dating like, 
She's right. very hot. It's very attractive. Yes, yeah, she is. wonder what law firm. Maybe I worked for. No, probably not. She's a human rights lawyer. Okay. Easy so, to work for. All right, guys. Let's get back to this, this topic at hand. Let's get okay. there. Okay. Let's get back. We're going to have so, to end this soon, though, because I have some stuff to do. Yeah, we're almost right. we're almost clearing we're the hour. 50, we're at the well, 50, final we're points at, then. Look at the let's, hour hour mark. Let's get some final points in. Final points. Okay, I've I've made so many points. I'll make one more point. EDL rules. Chris Hansen said it himself. Okay, um, Jordan, what do you have to say? I'd like to say number one, I enjoy both. I think both are incredibly talented. I think. I'm going to have to think Dan DeLuce's performance is ultimately more impressive based on the merits of the depth and, yeah, just basically the depth of emotions he goes to in that movie compared to George Clooney. Also, rewatchability as well. Rewatchability. Yeah. Yeah, and the the, the difference in that role from the other roles he's, he's also played sets that movie apart for me. Yeah. That's how I feel. I feel you. Okay, George Clooney and Michael Clayton. He, okay, so in the beginning of the movie, they basically, so he's uh, the guy, the lawyer who hits him, or the guy, that, the rich guy that hits somebody with his car, and he goes, and he kind of, he says, you're a miracle worker, right? And he says, no, I'm a janitor. So basically, he essentially says, like, I'm, I'm not a good person. I'm, I'm low to the ground, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I and love then when that. He dro- so... When he draws, and then so also the son. So in the first twenty minutes of the film, miracle I'm a fucking is janitor. <laughs> miracle, miracle, miracle is mentioned tw- three times. Okay, yeah, oh. yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, and then so in the beginning of the film, the beginning of the film, that scene where he goes and looks at the horses. Right. We're, we're witnessing a miracle, right? We're witnessing the miracle. Michael Clayton transforms. Right before our very eyes, and it's miraculous. Mm-hmm. We're watching a miraculous moment, mm-hmm. and we see George Clooney basically staring at the face of God, you know, and that is per- perfectly conveyed. And you feel so much just Dang. by that moment. Dang. You feel so much. You're right. So, anyways, but you don't know at that point what's going on, and then it backtracks, and then it goes four days before. That mir- the miracle happened. So basically, and then you watch everything that leads up to the miracle, and it's and then you understand it. You understand the miraculous moment, and you understand what happened leading up to it. But at the same time, in the beginning of the film, without any without any um, without any storyline to really go off of, except that he's a piece of shit who like helps <laughs> out like people who just murdered someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then we witness a miracle, and you see the miracle happen in the beginning of the film without knowing at all what led up to it. Yeah. And then we then we watch everything that leads up to the miracle, and when he is transformed, you understand why he's transformed, and it makes sense. But at the same time, you're getting the same emotion, and you're feeling the same thing from the beginning of the film when you don't know anything that's going on to the end of the film where you know everything. Pretty good shit, man. It's Tony Gilroy. He's a great. Anyways, Daniel Day Lewis, I think he he didn't have he, his character arc was him descending. 
not transforming into a better decent or any kind well, of Well, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to transform into a better person to be to have a great performance. So. You can be you can be transformed into a dickhead and have a great performance. Well, well <laughs> yeah, like the Joker. If you can't convey change, if if, if, if which Stanley Lewis, I don't think he did. I don't think he conveyed any kind of arc, any kind of change, and because well, he never did that. A bigger asshole the whole movie because he like became more and more ruthless as he got richer and richer. He became more ruthless. Well, you know, in my experience, it's easier to be a piece of shit than it is to be a decent person. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's like well, the best I, point of all time. I must give it to you. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, Jordan has it pretty easy. <laughs> that is fucking brilliant, Caroline. It's hard for me to argue with that point from a performance. It's easier to be a piece of shit than it is to be a good person. I like that. Because I will agree, I will agree. Dan Day Lewis's performance is so interesting because he comes becomes a piece of shit. But what you just said is profound. <laughs> uh, I like that. Where do you hear that, Caroline? Um, is it from my experience? Uh, <laughs> Guys, when I was like a sociopathic piece of shit, I used to make so much money stripping. Oh, you don't strip anymore. No, I do. You zoom strip. Do you make no. less money. If you're not, like, a sociopathic piece of shit when you're stripping, then you don't make as much money now. I get it. Well, it involves drugs. Yeah, you got to Absolutely. Use off and stuff, yeah. I get you. I get you. That's that rap game, dog. That's that rap hey, game. I, I strip for Jordan Weir all the time. I'm sure you do, Ryan. I call the cops. I know. I, I don't think Jordan likes that, Ryan. My ass um, is so sore from hanging out with my friends last night. Oh. Your ass and sort? Why did they all fuck you? I think so. Ah, uh, come on. Really? That's cool. You might have been hanging out with his college buddies. You know, green, go white. Michigan State. We're doing, we're doing college stuff. Hey, did you show them the D D uh, the Chris Hansen video? Yeah, it blew their fucking minds. They loved it. That was great. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. How do you know him? I, we don't. <laughs> we don't. We can't. We can't. Uh, actually. How do I know Chris? Oh, he's an old buddy, you know? He's an old friend of ours. We, we, Were you going well, to visit your 13-year-old girlfriend? Not when ooh, you met? Ooh, baby. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan <laughs> your 13-year-old girlfriend that you had an online part. relationship with? Yeah, yeah he, was the only, cool. he was the only predator that actually made friends with Chris Hansen after the show. I know. Jordan is so likable and charming. Yeah, he's so charming. Oh, yeah. I, I know. You. you can't hate him. You can't hate him. Hey, why don't you take a seat? Why don't you take a seat? Hey, would you like some cookies? <laughs> oh, you have a cookie. Erickson uh, yeah. has had a problem with Chris Hansen. Remember last episode when he was talking about? Uh, oh, totally. Yeah, that was, that was a good. That was a good take. Hot take on that whole thing. Let's bring it to a close, guys. My phone's about to die. Okay, so my winner, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Totally. one. Now I think guys, I think I won the debate. I think I had a stronger argument. I think I, I was think, more prepared. All right. well, I think the, the cable subscribers won. I'm gonna I'm gonna post I'm gonna make sure people listen to this first and then Don't don't post, post it yet. Don't post it yet. Send it to me. We'll get Chris Hansen on there. Really? Oh yeah. No, we're not spending another fifty dollars, dude. Um, no, I'm gonna edit it, I I mean, you buffoon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well yeah, we'll audio clip. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a, a poll on Instagram to see which yes. which one the who they, who thought, who they thought won the debate? 
who and who had a better performance? Okay. Me. That's great. Caroline I can't argue with is that. A better actress than Daniel Day Lewis and George Clooney combined. Congratulations. Oh, you guys are so sweet. Well, you know what? Because you said that, I'm going to give it to you guys. You guys, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. That was the whole. That was, that was the whole point of that. All right, All right, you got it. We're winners, baby. All right, but so let's let the people decide. Yeah. Let the people decide. Thanks for coming on, Caroline. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Greatest guest ever, dog. All right. All right.